the Detroit Pistons give up 137 points to the Sacramento Kings in their loss to the Kings. Just horrible defensive effort. We're going to talk about what went wrong in the game the Pistons had their chance to win. We'll talk about that in today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. as another great way to support the podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's PricePix.com. Use promo code Locked On. So the Detroit Pistons playing without Kay Cunningham, playing without Isaiah Stewart, playing without Sadiq Bey, who looked like he was going to try to force his hand into this game, but it just didn't make sense to play him. Um, he was questionable for the game with that right ankle sprain. Uh, I don't know how much longer he'll be out. Initially, I said he would be out and be reevaluated in a week. Um, but he was pushing to try to play. They ended up holding him out. So the Detroit Pistons were out without three starters in this game against the Kings. And Jane Ivey had a fine game. We'll talk about Jane Ivey a little bit later. But the Pistons had this game. They should have won this basketball game. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that they were shooting at a clip that just wasn't sustainable for them. Um, they had a ton of bench points for them. Um, they had 55 bench points. That's not sustainable. They had guys from Jalen Duran with 12, Alec Burks with 16, Corey Joseph with 12, Kevin Knox with 11. So they had a lot of production from their bench and from a lot of guys. So especially when you're, you're hitting like this, they shot 51% from deep. You have that kind of contribution from the bench. You score 129 points. Even though that's not sustainable, you don't think that's going to happen every night. When you do, when you are able to do that, that should be a W. And the Pistons weren't able to get a W in this game. And I want to talk about why they weren't able to, because a lot of stuff that happened down the stretch of this game that worries me about the rest of the season, especially if Kay Cunningham's going to be out, some things they have to correct, and some things that that either Dwayne Casey has to just change, or some things that players just simply have to get better at. So. There's so many different ways, like so many different things I want to talk about with this. So I guess the first thing I'll bring up is, and trust me, there's there's a whole laundry list of things I'm going to bring up here. So the first thing I'm going to bring up is the Pistons' insistence on making Boyan their, their primary ball handler down the stretch of games. It does not work. He's turnover prone. He is not a good ball handler. He's a good scorer. He's a really damn good scorer, but he's not a good ball handler. He's not a good passer. He can't make nice reads. He had three turnovers. I feel like all I'm pretty sure all three of them came in that fourth quarter in that final stretch. It's just not good offense. He was a team high minus 23. And again, game to game plus minus can be a little bit noisy. Just watch the game, look at the block, uh, the plus minus, and then see if it matches your eye test. The minus 23 matched my eye test because he was bad defensively. And down the stretch when they needed him to not turn the ball over, he turned the ball over a ton. And just and I don't even know if we can put that on Boyan 
it looks like that's what the Pistons want him to do. They It's happened over and over and over again where he's the primary ball handler down the stretch, and it never works because he's not a good ball handler. He gets bothered with uh, really intense pressure on the perimeter when he's trying to create for himself. He can't make the next skip uh, the skip corner pass. He can't make these next level reads. So it, it's really annoying to continue to see him when you have two point guards on the floor and Jane Ivey and Killian Hayes who can create for others and get to the lane. I, it doesn't make much sense to me why they went away from those two guys who both of them I thought were having pretty good games. So it doesn't make sense to me why they went away from them creating the offense. So that's the first thing that really rubbed me the wrong way about how they closed this game out. The second thing that really rubbed me the wrong way with how they closed this game against the Kings, there was a point in this in this fourth quarter, the, the Pistons called timeout. And the, the players that they had on the court before they called said timeout were Killian Hayes, Jay and Ivey, Kevin Knox, Boyan, and Marvin Bagley. Now, Kevin Knox, I completely agree with him getting those minutes because he had played really well that night. Honestly, I would have considered closing with him because of how well he was playing that night or this past night. But they didn't close with him. So when he was coming out the game, I thought, okay, we're about to see Isaiah Livers. We're about to see maybe they go Jalen Duran and push Boyan down to the three. Instead, with three minutes and 54 seconds to go, they subbed in Alec Burks for Kevin Knox. So your three, so your wings and your big man consisted of Alec Burks, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Marvin Bagley. You spotted the, the Sacramento Kings 10 points going with that lineup. You were not going to get a stop with that lineup, and you weren't going to get a damn rebound with that lineup either. Let's just go through this real quick. Immediately after they did these substitutions and brought in that three-man crew right there, you got one offensive rebound, Demonis Sabonis. You got another offensive rebound, Demonis Sabonis. You got another offensive rebound, Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes put back dunk. Kevin Herter driving reverse layup. Kevin Herter three-pointer. So it, it immediately, in that little minute stretch, it was literally just a minute, the Kings scored one three-pointer, a dunk, a reverse layup, another three-pointer. So they went from 124 points to 131 points in, in damn near a minute and a half. They got one, two, three, four, five rebounds in just that minute of the half. The Pistons didn't get one rebound, not one. They didn't get defensive rebound or offensive rebound in that stretch. That stretch murdered the Pistons. The game was tied at 124-124. Actually, when they made the sub, the Pistons were up by three, and then they immediately went on, the Kings, that is, they immediately went on a 7-3 run and took a four-point lead, and it was a decisive 7-3 lead too. So it, that, that stretch right there is what murdered the Pistons. That, that was an insane substitution. I don't understand what the idea behind that was, but you forfeited defense, you forfeited rebounding, and as soon as that, as soon as the final um, – Three by Kevin Herter in that corner, put them up four. You immediately got Marvin Bagley subbed out and Jalen Duran subbed in. I don't even know if that's the right move. Alec Burke should not have been closing that game. You should have closed with Isaiah Livers. You couldn't stop a soul. You couldn't grab a rebound. You should have went bigger, not just replaced Duran with Bagley. You still have the same problems. Now you're just asking Duran to try and make up for it. So that that right there lost the piss of the game too. There's another point at the end of the game where the Pistons only have two team fouls with 30 seconds left, they're down by four. So you have to foul twice. The Kings have the ball. You have to foul twice to get them in the bonus. Whether you want to foul the first time immediately and then play defense, try to get a stop. Either way, you have to foul immediately because you have two team fouls. Instead of fouling immediately, Jay and Ivy allows De'Aaron Fox to dribble out six seconds of the clock. And then he 
Bojan comes up and finally fouls, looks at Jaden Ivey and is mad at Jaden Ivey because he didn't foul initially. That right there is why you can't blame – outside the lineup that Dwayne Casey put out, that, that lineup was terrible defensively, that lineup we just talked about. That right there is why I can't talk about Dwayne Casey being the reason why this team is bad defensively. If you can't simply – you if you can't execute something as simple as, look, we got two team fouls, we have to foul twice as soon as they inbound the ball, foul because we have to do it again. If your team can't execute that coming out of a huddle, not off of a make, off the inbounds where they have to be, you know, alert with that, you're coming out of a huddle. What that is, I guarantee you that was the first thing that Dwayne Casey said, and they weren't able to execute that. So that, that's just an, that's three things right there that happened. It's just those are all controllable things that the Detroit Pistons can do in a game that they didn't have Cade, Sadiq, and Isaiah Stewart. Some people will look at this and be like, oh, well, they only lost by eight. They kept it close. This is a step in the right direction. No. No, it wasn't because you were in this game because of unsustainable shooting. So you should have taken advantage of it. And instead of taking advantage of it, you allowed the Kings to drop 137 on your dome. With the final five minutes of this game, the Pistons collapsed. The final five minutes of this game was some of the most piss poor execution I have ever seen from a basketball team in my life. With five minutes left, the Pistons were up by five points. Two minutes later, the Kings were up by seven or up by four. I, I don't know what happened. I, that, that's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. You can't have that happen. Defensively, you have to be better. There were so many mixed communications consistently throughout the night defensively. I know everyone wants to get Dwayne Casey. And listen, the lineup that I mentioned, that's on Dwayne Casey. That was dumb. But outside of that, this team has to put more effort in defensively and have to communicate better. There's there's no excuse. I I'm, I know I'm just pointing out this one play, but it's the most simple play to explain to you guys. I'm not going to go through and explain switches and X crossouts that they weren't doing. Like I'm not going to go through all that with you guys. You guys won't get that. It's hard to explain. But if you can't simply execute coming out of a timeout and fouling instantly, knowing you only have two team fouls, that's not a problem with your head coach. That's a problem with your players not being able to execute a defensive game plan. And that's that right there speaks the entire story of the Detroit Pistons giving up 137 points to the Sacramento Kings. You can't have that. Can't have that. That that's that's despicable. Is what it is. That's that's all I've got with that. I'm gonna talk about Jay and Ivy, who had a really good game against the Sacramento Kings in this upcoming segment. I just had to get all that stuff off my chest because there's no way I could just come in here and talk positive after what we witnessed in the final five minutes of that game. Yes, they were out there, three of their starters, but that that game was there for the taking, whether you had your starters or not. And they just completely wilted from the top down the final five minutes. That's It sucks to see. So it is what it is. When we come back, we'll talk about Jane Ivey. But first, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. So don't you wish that, you know, sometimes in this difficult life that we all live in, that you could just have a user user manual that tells you, you know, what you need to do, which way to go, What's the best way to go about some things? Don't you just wish you had that kind of thing? Well, unfortunately, obviously, life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or becoming a parent. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. Better help has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible and 100% online. 
As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online, plus it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be any more simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. It's right there for you. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA for 10% off your first month. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit the subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So despite the fact that the Pistons played horrifically down the stretch and, and just wiltered in the fourth quarter to the Kings, and route again, I'm going to say for probably the hundredth time, to the Kings having 137 points, Jane Ivey had a really nice game tonight. So if you guys remember on the last episode, I talked about how Jane Ivey needed to stop shooting so many threes. He needed to stop taking so many pull-up threes. He needed to continue to put pressure on the rim, continue to find the open guy on open kickouts because of his explosiveness and his ability to get to the rim. Well, he must have watched that episode and said, you know what, Koo, screw you. I'm going to come out here and shoot more threes, and I'm going to start hitting them. I'm actually, instead of just taking pull-up threes, I'm going to start taking step-back threes. I'm going to start hitting them. He went 4-4 from deep tonight. Uh, three of them were on step back. I don't know how to explain it. It was just basically step back threes that were wild shots that he was taking and he was making them. Um, so that contributed majorly to how well he played tonight. Uh, I don't think that that's sustainable, um, especially that some of the shots he was hitting. That, that They were crazy. He was feeling it. He, he, was, he was on one tonight with, with, in the first half when it came to outside, outside the arc. But outside of that, um, he had 24 points, four rebounds, three assists. He did have three turnovers and two key ones down the stretch where he just has to get better at making the right decision and knowing and realizing, I should say, that, you know, he has the explosiveness to get to the rim, but that doesn't always mean it has to be a his shot attempt coming from it. There was a few times down the stretch where he turned the ball over, but he had a guy open in the corner. He could have kicked it out and took advantage of that and maybe the Pistons somehow pull out a win, despite the fact that they were playing piss-poor defense. But outside of that, I thought Jay Ivey played a really nice game. Obviously, hit his outside shot, continued to put pressure on the rim routinely over and over and over again. He got to the free throw line six times. I think just on display, what you're going to see from Jay Ivey no matter what, whether it's going to be game to game with his outside shot, some games he'll be on, some games he's going to be really cold. It's, it, some of, it's just going to be game to game with that. But what you should be getting from him every single night is him just putting pressure on the rim, using his explosiveness to where no defense can guard him with just one guy, forcing them collapse, and then making the right kick out over and over and over. He he really can just dominate a game just by doing that over and over and over again. And the Kings weren't able to stop him, especially with his outside shot hitting like that. He was consistently beating Kings defenders to the rim my again my one thing that i wish or not wish i should say the one thing i want to see him continue to improve on the rest of the year is once he gets to the rim making the right decision again i I just thought that there was a few times down the stretch that he could have made a better decision around the rim but that will come with time hopefully i believe it will it'll come with time more experience more development Uh, and the main thing that every pistons fan really should be taking away from the first what is this first 17 games the pistons have played is the fact that 
his explosiveness is real. Like I know it's t- I, I've talked about his explosiveness. I probably said that word like 10 times already, but it really, you just have to hammer that in because that's what you really wanted to see. Would that translate to the NBA level? Would he be able to utilize it um, to, to, you know, really create good offense for his, for his team. And he's been able to do that. So all the other stuff is, is, are things that he's going to have to improve on throughout his young career in the next few years. But the fact that that stuff is legit and, his finishing around the rim is legit. His ability to get to the rim is legit. All that stuff, you can live with that. You can live with some of the miscues that come along the way because it's just you, there's not many players in the league that can replicate his kind of explosiveness and speed getting to the rim. So, And his first step. His first step's crazy. So that was all on display against the Kings tonight, along with the fact he was in his outside shot, which, again, just makes him really hard to guard. Um, let's move into talking about Marvin Bagley a little bit. So this was Marvin Bagley's – I, I, what's this? I don't think this is his first game back against the Kings. It might have been. Um, but the boos were raining in. I think this was his first game back in Sacramento. I don't know if it was the first game playing the Kings, but it was first game back in Sacramento. And the boos were raining in. The environment was very hostile. They let him have it every time he touched the ball. Anytime he was guarding Sabonis, Sabonis got the ball. The crowd went crazy. So he was dealing with that. All night. And that's tough. That, that can be tough for a young player. And to start the game, you could tell that it was getting to him. And he was rushing things. He was playing a little bit anxious. was getting a little jittery. And he was really struggling in his first stint. His first stint went really poorly. But then after that, he came back. And I thought he played reasonably well and responded really well to the hostile environment. He ended the game with 15 points and six rebounds. He got to the free throw line five times, made all five of his free throws with the fans going absolutely berserk. He had a nice block on Sabonis that really got him hyped up. Um, and he remained aggressive on the offensive end, looking for a shot. And, and again, after that first stint, he started to look like he was more poised and and, and ready to take on the Kings and, and, and their fans in the arena. So I wanted to give Marvin Bagley some credit there because he did not start the game off very well at all. And he could have came back in and continued to let the crowd get to him, but instead he responded well and really took it to him as much as he could uh, on the offensive end. Defensively, the Kings went at him consistently over and over and over and over again. I don't think I've ever seen the Bonus Sabonis play this aggressive against the Pistons in my life. Like, he only ended up with five shot attempts, but he ate, he had eight free throws. And I swear to God, I felt like he had more free throws. And he was just going out of his way, I felt like, to be physical, overly physical with the Pistons. Like, his presence was felt like as soon as tip-off happened. I don't know if that was because they knew Marvin Bagley was coming back to Sacramento and that was his matchup. I don't know what was up, but he was giving it to Marvin Bagley physically. And Marvin Bagley ended the game with five personal fouls. He was only able to play 21 minutes because of that. So even when he started to get into a little bit of a rhythm, he kept getting taken out the game because he was dealing with foul trouble. And a lot of that, again, had to do with Sabonis just being incredibly physical and making his presence known. You got to give credit to him for that. But again, I just want to give Marvin Bagley some credit for getting through that initial you know, jittery moment. And trust me, if you watch this game, you saw how crazy this this Kings environment was. The Kings were letting him have it. Literally any time. It wasn't even when he just had the ball. It was literally just any time he was involved in a play. He was getting lit up with boos and screaming. So cool for Marvin. I'm sure he wished they would have came out with the win. If if they would have pulled out the win, he definitely should have got the, the game ball because of what the, that was going on. And I've that's probably the biggest reason why I wanted the Pistons to win this game because Marvin deserved to get this win. I, we don't think Marvin's a superstar or anything. 
but he deserved this win. He play, he had to play through some tough stuff, and and he ended up playing a reasonably well game. He had to battle with Demonis Sabonis all game. He was feeling it physically, and the Pistons were in a position to win, and he deserved this win. The Pistons should have got him this win and got him the game ball. It would have meant a lot to him. I know it would have. So that's probably why I'm disappointed the most that the Pistons weren't able to pull this one out. But either way, again, happy with how Marvin Bagley responded to the early jitters and, and hostile environment. So when we come back, I want to talk about some other players that came in off the bench and played really well. And specifically, I want to give credit to Kevin Knox, who played a really nice game for the Detroit Pistons coming off the bench. But first, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Price Picks. So let's go ahead and give you guys an example. Today is Sunday. So let's go ahead and say that you want to go into Sunday and you want to make yourself an entry, a sports daily fantasy entry. And you want to take the over on Jared Goff's passing yards, which I, you know, maybe you should probably take the under actually. Let's take the under on Jared Goff's passing yards. And then you want to take the over on Jane Ivey's points and the over on Killian Hayes' points. Well, you can do that and put it in the exact same entry and have a cross sports entry with price picks. And that's why really price picks is my favorite daily fantasy option. You pick two to six players and see if they score more or less than their price picks projection. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Price picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes, get ready for it, NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cr- cricket, and plenty, plenty more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals and currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PriceFix app or go to pricefix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PriceFix gives you $100. If you deposit $50, PriceFix gives you $50. It's as simple as that. Pretty simple. Don't forget to use promo code Locked On at sign up for that instant deposit match up to $100 at PricePicks.com. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons, hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. For those of you guys who are watching on YouTube, you guys are probably looking at me as like, Coop, why are you wearing a hoodie and a beanie inside? Well, it's because it's freezing in Michigan, and in this room, the heat really doesn't work. So I'm, I'd be in here freezing. So I, I had to come in here acting like I'm actually outside when I'm recording the podcast. It's tough. It's tough out here, but it keeps me keeps me warm, you feel me? Um, but anyways, let's give some credit to Kevin Knox, who had 11 points for the Pistons off the bench. He had five rebounds, which only two players had more rebounds than him, Marvin Bagley and Jalen Duran. So he was really crashing the glass and giving the Pistons everything he could on the glass. He went three or five from outside. He had a really nice cut and finish for the Pistons, too. And he was a team high, I believe. Yeah, he was a team high plus 13 in his minutes. To be honest, I thought the Pistons should have closed with Kevin Knox. I think they should have rewarded him with the closing minutes of this game because he was playing really well. He was hitting outside shots. And again, he was crashing the glass. And they got destroyed in the glass. He's lengthy. He's tall. He's athletic. And really, you know, they're skilled to getting rebounds. But a lot of it is also just effort and wanting to. And he was wanting to tonight, and the Pistons needed that. So I really don't get the option or the decision, I should say, 
to bring him out, especially for Alec Burks. If you're going to take him out, you should have brought in Isaiah Livers to try to keep some defense and rebounding on the floor. I, I really don't get that decision to go with Alec Burks. But Kevin Knox played really well. I, I really like what I saw from him. And I'm going to say this. If Sadiq Bay, let's say Sadiq Bay comes back Tuesday, I don't think he will. I think he'll miss the next few games. But let's say if he were to come back Tuesday, I feel like that Kevin Knox should probably get the next game minutes over Hamadou Diallo. And you should go with Diallo, or not Diallo, you should go with Livers and Knox. And then if Knox plays bad, then you give it right back to Diallo. But what Knox brought tonight against the Sacramento Kings is what makes would make him more, more of a fit with the bench unit than Diallo is. He can space the floor, and he really gets active on the glass. If he can do this, he deserves minutes. And again, we said this before the season with Knox. It's as simple as this. If you can, if he's going to hit outside shots, you have to play him. If he's not hitting outside shots, you can't play him. Before every other game, he's not hitting outside shots. He wasn't able to play. Tonight he got his opportunity. He went three or five from deep. was playing really well. And now you have to play him because he provides spacing at a position you needed at. Especially, too, again, if he's getting five rebounds. And I actually thought he was fine defensively. He was really getting into it. He was playing really well against the Kings. So I think he deserves minutes next game, whether Sadiq Bey comes back or not. And if Sadiq does come back, it should be at the sacrifice of Diallo. So that's just my opinion. Really nice game from Kevin Knox. Happy for him. Um, outside of that, Corey Joseph played a nice game. I know you guys don't really want to hear about Corey Joseph. Um, but he did have 12 points and 5 of 10 shooting. Uh, he had 12 points and 5 assists. Had a nice game off the bench. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. I know you guys don't, you guys don't tune into the podcast to hear about Corey Joseph. Um, Jalen Duran played a really nice game. He had 12 points and 8 rebounds. He shot 6 of 8 from the floor. Um, one thing that Jalen Duran needs to improve on, and actually not even improve on, he just needs to stop doing. He has to stop goaltending so much. He's goaltending a lot. And I feel like a lot of it comes from him just trying to show teams how high he can jump and just trying to scare them. And I can respect it at a certain point to try to show it off. Heck, if I could jump that high, I'd want to show it off too. But he's, I think he goaltended three times tonight against the Kings. And he has to stop. <laughs> you have to stop goaltending. You got to stop hitting the ball when it's already hitting the glass. I get you want to kind of intimidate guys. I know Dwight Howard and Ben Wallace, they used to do this thing where even if it's a goaltender, they used to block it so hard, it would just intimidate guys. I, I get it to a to a point, I guess. But three goaltends in a game, you come on. He has to stop that. But outside of that, though, he had a really nice game. Really nice short roll passing that I absolutely just love watching. If he's able to hit short roll passing throughout his career, which I think he's going to, his passing is really nice. It's going to unlock a whole different part of the Pistons offense. You need somebody, especially like how they were trapping Boyan in the first half and really the whole game they started trapping Boyan. If Boyan's able to just hit, and not even just Boyan, anybody who gets trapped, KJ and anyone, if you're going to get trapped, you have to be able to hit your big man and trust that he's going to be able to make the read. Am I going all the way to the rim and dunking? Am I throwing the lob to the dunker spot? Or am I hitting the opposite corner? And Jalen Durham repeatedly over and over and over made the right read tonight in the short roll passing. I love it. That, that I know people don't really pay attention to that as much. It's not going to show up in the box score. But I'm telling you guys, that is a major part you need in your offense to succeed in the NBA today. And, and big men who are able to do that don't come around all the time. It's not like it's a hundred of big men that are able to do that. that. That's a unique skill to have, and it makes you valuable. And Jalen Duran does it. And that's that's really what makes me so high on his future too. His rebounding. His finishing around the rim, rim protection, all that stuff, yeah. But the part that really separates him, I feel like, is going to be his short roll passing and his overall passing ability. So I thought he played a fantastic game tonight, too, against the Sacramento Kings. And then next, I guess, we'll wrap it up with Killian Hayes. 
He shot three of nine from the floor tonight. He had nine points, two or three from deep. He had an and one at the beginning of the game. He had one free throw, six assists, one turnover. I thought Killian played a nice game. The thing that I, again, it's the same thing with Killian Hayes. He was aggressive, played the exact same way throughout the whole night. My one complaint is that he only got nine shots up. I would like him to get up to 12, 13 shots in this game. Um, but I thought he was aggressive as he's been throughout this whole stretch. His outside shots looking really nice. And three of his shot attempts were him trying right-hand finishes. He got to the rim all the way once, tried to finish with the right hand over Sabonis, wasn't able to make it, but it basically was an assist because he was able to attract Sabonis and Duran got a putback dunk. There was another one. He tried going inside, same foot, same hand, finish, tried to scoop it around. Uh, Harrison Barnes missed it. And then he had one other one. Um, I, I'm not remembering the exact play, but he tried his right hand finishes over and over tonight. He missed them, but you can tell that he's getting more comfortable and he's just trying things out there that he needs to be doing. So I thought he played a nice game. I really don't get why the Pistons went away from him and Jane Ivey down the stretch. More specifically, though, Killian running the offense down the stretch. I, he had six assists. That's the most on the team. He only played 28 minutes. He had one turnover. The offense just flows so smoothly when he's running the offense. It feels like you're always getting a shot you can live with when he runs the offense. And it just it blows my mind when it, it's not saying that he has to shoot the ball down the stretch, but the fact you're going like you're taking the ball out your point guard's hand, your best playmaker to go to Boyan, it just kind of kind of blows my mind. But three and nine from the floor, not great efficiency from the floor. Shot really well from beyond the arc, but his aggressiveness was all the same. You can live with it. It was really – I thought he played a nice game still. Um, however, he got himself in the early foul trouble, him and Jane did. They have to stop. They have to realize that they're going to be massively important to this team now with Cade out. They, this team needs them, and they can't be picking up early fouls and getting into foul trouble. Not only does it take them out the game – but it mentally takes Killian out the game defensively because now he's not going to be as physical because he doesn't want to pick up fouls. So I don't feel like he was as physical defensively tonight and as consistent on that end. And it had a lot to do with the fact he picked up two early fouls and didn't want to get fouled out and didn't want to have to get taken out the game. So the, Killian mostly, but him and Jaden both need to be smarter about picking up fouls and being taken out the game early. They, this team needs them without Cade. So that's all I've got for you guys today, though. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. Thank you for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on our podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button at the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe. Go Pistons. And peace out, everybody.